The Association of Canadian Travel Agencies out with a bit of a warning today. They're concerned over countries who might reject mixed-dose travelers. And for more on this, we're joined now by Richard Vanderlube, Director of the Association of Canadian Travel Agencies, also President of TripCentral.ca. He joins us now here on Global News Radio. Richard, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. All right. With the coming cold weather, I think uh, many people, it goes without saying, very anxious to travel. But could Canadians, could they be stopped cold in their tracks, do you think? Well, we know there's about 3 million of us that have some form of a mixed dose. And um, in the case of the United States, uh, travel to the United States, they have not yet recognized AstraZeneca, uh, double dose of of AstraZeneca. Um, There are a few places that have accepted mixed doses. We see that the cruise lines are increasingly uh, willing to accept, although you're leaving out of the States, that's a bit of a problem, but there are other places that they leave from. The UK being another country that is accepting mixed doses. And we're not alone in the double AstraZeneca problem. Uh, There's tens of millions of Brits also um, vaccinated there. So I would imagine, you know, there's probably going to be some foreign pressure on the US government, whether that works or not, we'll see. Um, But yeah, it's, it is, uh, there's a large number of people that are affected by this. Yeah, what exactly constitutes a mixed dose? Is it AstraZeneca and Pfizer? Uh, could I have a Pfizer, then a Moderna, which are both mRNA vaccines? Is that considered to be fully vaccinated, or is that considered to be mixed because it's not two of the same brand? Well, this is the challenge, is that each country has its own definitions. So Canada itself has a list of definition, uh, definitions for people coming into Canada. And we don't recognize all vaccines around the world. We don't recognize, for example, Sinovac. So each country has to be looked at in separately. And the larger concern that we have as an association are the number of countries that are simply silent on this. That, you know, there is nothing one way or the other that's actually in the disclosures of the entry requirements. It just says, you know, proof of vaccination. Um, Ireland is an example of that. Italy is an example of that. It's not clear. So we really need our government to work its foreign relations magic with the EU and other uh, important destinations for Canadians to get this clarified. Yeah. How do we figure this out? Do you know, Richard? I mean, does uh, the Canadian government get together, as you mentioned, with the UK, the US government? Is this something that uh, the World Health Organization could or should be ruling on? It seems that, you know, the, the challenge with all of this, and it goes, goes down to the smallest of jurisdictions, even in Canada, it's always parochial decisions made <laughs> by one government for, for a specific purpose, and then there's these larger ramifications. I know that, you know, the G7 um, put out a statement that they're working on uh, getting this in sync, um, and one of the principles is that each country doesn't take its own sort of arbitrary measures that sort of cancel out the effect of the other country. So at this point, it is diplomacy. And the challenge we have is, as Canadians is that we're one of the few jurisdictions in the world that's done this in any big way. We're a small percentage of any country's inbound travel, other than maybe, let's say, Cuba or normally the United States, especially driving over the border. But um, when you're small in numbers, we're going to need our government to be you know, loud and proud for the 3 million Canadians that are in this situation.
Well, that might answer my next question. Just how big of a voice, how much of a voice does Canada have uh, on this issue? You mentioned the UK is in a similar situation. Do we need to bring them in on the conversation into the fold uh, as well to have maybe a bigger or louder voice and get something done? I think the fact that the UK has already recognized a number of different combinations of mixed doses is a good starting point. And I don't believe that the UK did any mixing of doses in a big way. They may have done some trials, but the challenge is to work with our allies, I think, to, you know, to, uh, to lobby the U.S. government, to, to lobby the EU, clarify these rules, to, to open it up. Yeah, because this could get really messy, couldn't it, and really troublesome or burdensome for uh, some travelers, because I'm thinking as well, if you've got a connecting flight, if uh, you're heading to one country that accepts your vaccinations, but uh, I don't know, maybe you land somewhere else, could that be problematic if they don't accept you as fully vaccinated, where your final destination country would? I mean, there, there's just kind of a lot of unknowns out there still. Yeah, so welcome to the world of travel agents and their customers over <laughs> the last 18 months. It's been a, it's been a nonstop a bunch of change. So, you know, you might think, well, this is kind of a frivolous thing. Somebody's booking a cruise in the middle of the pandemic. Well, this has already been canceled from 2020 and people are trying to rebook in some cases for the future. And all of this causes uncertainty. And so you have people that'll say, well, we're not exactly certain yet. So we'll go ahead and put a refundable deposit down on this or we'll rebook the credit. Um, but you start sitting on pins and needles as it's approaching your final payment deadline and there's still no clarity on this. And so often what happens is it gets postponed again. So what, um, what is no, that I'm uncertainty, not, Richard Dunn? Sorry, sorry, what has that uncertainty done to the travel uh, business? I mean, obviously you're hoping for a big rebound here after a very down year because of the uh, pandemic and essentially no travel uh, going on. And as I mentioned off the top, a lot of people are anxious to uh, fly away, get, get away again on some sort of vacation, particularly with the winter weather on the horizon. But is this uncertainty, is it kind of tempered the enthusiasm for travel? Well, that's an understatement. Uh, it is, it is, we are still dealing with the same waves of cancellations going back to March 2020, where those cancellations turned into credits after a lot of uncertainty. Those credits were rebooked. Some of them were canceled once, twice, postponed. Then they were processing refunds. It has been nonstop change. And of course, in the middle of all this, you know, our obligation as travel agents has completely changed from sort of you know, here's what you need to know at the time of booking to here's what you need to know as it's changing all the way through until you're actually back. So it is, it is immensely complicated compared to what it used to be. Um, just staying on top of all these changes, advising people. Um, there's been many uh, schedule changes as a result of all this. So yes, this, this is just one additional headache um, in the whole pile that's existed since March 2020. All right, just finally, has your association, the Association of Canadian Travel Agencies, have you been lobbying the government? Is your voice being heard? Do you sense that there's any clarity coming soon here, both for travel agents and travelers? Yes, we've been lobbying extensively, and we, we worked with the opposition parties um, in the last parliament as well as during the election here. Um, I think the challenge for us is we're, we're a little bit of a forgotten corner, um, there's, this, there's a lot of focus on domestic tourism, but of course the planes have to fly out with people on them in order to bring, to bring people into the country. It's a symbiotic relationship, just like international trade. 
And unfortunately, you know, the the economic supports have, uh, are winding down to zero. And for most of us, we still have not had any cash flow since all this began because we really are not paid until it's certain and it's actually going to happen. So there's been a lot of work for, for nothing. There's been uh, a lot of work and rework and assisting our customers um, at, at no compensation whatsoever. So it's been a very challenging time for our industry, no question. All right. Well, Richard, I appreciate the time and the update. It goes without saying we will continue to follow this with interest because there certainly is a lot of interest amongst a lot of Canadians who uh, want to get traveling again. And thanks again for this. Thank you. Here's Richard Vanderloop, Director of the Association of Canadian Travel Agents a- Agencies and the President of TripCentral.ca. And we're back after this break on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.